Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast for nannies by me, a nanny. My name is Martha Reddick and I am your host. This week, we are going to be talking about sibling rivalries. And for that, I have brought in an expert on that subject, Taryn Pryor. Hello, Taryn. Welcome. Hello, Martha. Thanks for having me. Super excited to chat. Wonderful to have you here. Um, Great. So before we get started talking about sibling rivalries, I would love to have a little bit of background about you and where you're coming from. Of course. So I have nannied for a wonderful family for the past three years, and they have two daughters, one who is turning five in a couple of days, and another daughter, younger daughter, who turned two back in July. So they are two years and a little bit of change apart. Um, And like I said, I've been with this family for three years. I'm currently working on my master's in early childhood special education. So that's always really helpful when thinking of strategies of how to, you know, work with the girls and how to get everything done. Yeah, I bet that would be super helpful. helpful. We probably will have you back on to talk about (laughs) some of those strategies. Yeah, I'd love to. At a different point. But anyway, um, wonderful. And you have been in Chicago for how long? I've been in Chicago since 2012. So I was a career changer. I graduated Um, from Indiana University and I got a business job just you know kind of get out there and get my feet wet and decided it wasn't for me and then I started nannying and then I went back and got my master's I'm getting my master's currently yeah so the the little ones stole your heart they did you know I always wanted to be a teacher but I think I had convinced myself I didn't and it's funny how things kind of come full circle so you should never deny your talents what you're interested in because I feel like you end up there anyways (laughs) so whether it takes you five years to get there or 15 years to get there so yeah I'm just happy to be where I am now that's a really good point and probably one that is good for a nanny to have of like Mm -hmm. hey kids don't don't push down these wonderful talents that you have oh yeah um and I'm sure as they get older I'm I'm sure you will remain friends, especially you've been with them for three years. I honestly can't like imagine yeah. life without them. So. <laughs> so as they get older, I'm sure you'll be like a cool aunt oh, type yeah. figure of 
What That's do I like do? That's like kind of like a strange like feeling to imagine them as teenagers. I know, right? <laughs> you know, I tease the dad a lot, but you know, it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I still keep in touch with my two nannies from when I was little. So oh. yeah, it's great. Anyway, let's get back to sibling rivalries. Um, and this is a particular subject that I am interested in hearing your views on because one... I am an only child, so growing up, I didn't necessarily have that sibling rivalry component um, oh, ever. Yeah. I observed it in other kids, but I it's didn't definitely have it. different to experience you know experience it for sure. And then um, the other thing is that I have actually nannied for um, several sets of twins, which. Wow is its own beast completely and we will do an episode about twins for sure but um so that's and their rivalries are just different in nature very I mean the whole twin relationship is something that's very unique it's something a very small sect of the population can even relate to right so you know it's definitely its own conversation for sure question that I would love to start with because uh Taryn and I also participate in a nanny playgroup sometimes mm-hmm. together. So I am familiar with the children that you're talking about. And you're familiar with the children that yes. I'm currently nannying. Um, and so I would love some advice on helping an older sibling, um, one, prepare to be a big brother or a big mm-hmm. sister. Or if you're coming in and they already are a big brother or a big sister, but they're struggling with yeah. that job title. <laughs> okay, so for me personally, the family I am with, I was nannying for the oldest child first, and then there was a pregnancy, and then the child, the right. next child was born. So I think there are a couple of really great things that you can do. So talking about the you know child in vitro as it's growing like really conversing with your eldest child about like what's happening what they can expect you you want them to know that there's going to be another human being in addition to the family another playmate someone to love someone to talk to sing with play with you want to frame it in a really really positive way and the ways that it is going to change your family but for the better and it's little conversations that you can have over the period of nine months so when the baby is born it's not this oh my gosh this is like a human this is another person that's in this space in my life another really popular thing to do is give a present to the older sibling Uh from the baby and I think that that can be absolutely wonderful because it sets like a nice tone oh this is what the baby gave you they're so excited for you to be their big brother big sister but I think in addition to that and what can even be even more important is really carving out a space or a job or like a niche for the older sister or brother because what a lot of the feelings they might be feeling is left out they Mm -hmm. don't know how they fit into the family of course they may know that you still love them but you know there is another human being that's going to need a lot of your time a lot of your attention and they just might feel a little lost so if in all the things you're doing I mean feeding changing clothing there are even just the smallest ways of involving the older sibling it can make 
a world of difference and making them feel included. Right. And another thing that I have noticed is when that younger sibling comes along, they are doing things that the older sibling literally just finished with, you know, so that getting bottle fed or getting, um, potty trained later on things like that that they kind of miss you know yeah it it feels good you know to be like nurtured to be babied and there might be some kind of longing that goes through that but if you frame it and you know they'll hopefully be receptive receptive to it but it may take time persistence um you know consistency of giving them a job or helping them or you know Uh, something that my girls really like to do is they like to keep each other company in the bathroom, which, you know, may sound like a little strange, but the older, you know, the younger sibling is expressing interest. And, you know, right now we're just, when she's interested, we go in there, but she's very into, well, you know, I don't want her to be lonely and I'll sit in there with her and like, I'll show her how to get the toilet paper. She's really thrived on being able to show her younger sister well this is how it is done let me give you some pointers um when the youngest child was younger I mean she's still in diapers but when she was younger they got step stools so she could be the oldest child could be right there with you and so Mm. I would maybe ask her hey can you hand me a wipe or just little things like that to make them feel included to give them a job something to feel proud about something to take ownership for so it's not so much like oh this you know that's my sister that's my sister and I do these things for her and I'm so proud to have her you know yeah that's that's really great advice um and then I also think there's room in that for praising how well they do something oh absolutely of like oh my gosh you eat all your vegetables every time can you help your younger sibling learn how to eat all of their vegetables every time or you pick out the best books oh yeah I feel like a big kind of buzz phrase I'm always using is can you please set a good example or you know your younger sister does she sees you and you're so big and you're so cool you do these things so she just mimics or she does exactly what you do can you set the example can you show her how a big girl acts like how you know how a big kid does it um and you know that always like kind of little bit of pride you know it stands up a little straighter you'd be surprised how much kids like really want to take pride in their work or what they're doing oh yes yes I have seen that a hundred (laughs) percent that's really great advice how about some like bonding activities especially when there is like you said it's two years and some change Mm -hmm. um and my kids are almost exactly uh two years apart in fact all of the siblings that I've had have been almost exactly (laughs) two years apart, like a week or a month away. Yeah. Weird. Um, but, and if there is this large gap in what they can, what the younger sibling is able to do. Like, Oh yeah. I totally hear what you're saying. I think probably one of the most difficult challenges can be if there is like that two year gap. Cause you know, what is this toddler who is just starting to master running and walking and climbing things? And then, oh, there's a baby. The right. baby can't do anything. <laughs> so I think it's a lot of meeting each other in the middle and kind of framing, well, you know what? We're going to do 
an activity that is kind of the baby speed. You see what the baby can do. So whether that's playing on the floor. And actually with the siblings that I nanny, I had a lot of success in involving the older sibling in tummy time or just in floor play, like having her pick out the toys, you know, like showing her, hey, can you shake this to the left? We want her to turn. We want her to practice turning. Can you shake this to the right? She actually got very into it, but definitely varying up like kind of the play um when maybe they've like kind of left the baby stage and you know they're like holding on to things I found that water play can be something really even if it's just like in your sink and you may have to support the younger child but all children of all age ages like getting their hands wet and it can be something as simple as just putting like small plastic cups or just like the small like kids cups into like a sink of water and I promise you they (laughs) will have a ball with it you can get um I know Legos are a big thing but they're huge choking hazard for younger children so Legos come in a variety of sizes but if you get those like really really big Legos like Duplo yeah even the bigger kids love building with those Mm -hmm. because then they're easier to kind of like knock knock down down. we played a lot of we still to this day play (laughs) a lot of Godzilla oh yes it's it's a big favorite in our household you know building things up knocking them down Um, I think it definitely needs to be child interest led so just kind of seeing what maybe one is into and just where you can meet in the middle where you can modify the activity so both are involved at least in some capacity right and then as they get older uh, at least I have found um, letting the older sibling also play on their own um, and and really framing that in a way that's like this is your time that you get to go especially once they enter kindergarten Oh, yeah. Because when they come home, I found that that's a lot when the fights happen. If there are going to be fights, it's kind of. They've been at school all day. They're tired. There's so much stimulation and they get home and it's just like. Mm-hmm. All Meltdown. of my frustration can be taken out on mm-hmm. you and you can't oh, do anything yeah. about it. <laughs> yes. I think a solo play is, I mean, that can be a whole nother conversation. Yes. But I think that is very very important and in empowering and teaching the older child that they're totally okay to play with themselves. It's wonderful to have a playmate, but mm-hmm. it's not always necessary. And it's also a great like kind of self-regulating calming technique yes. is to you know like this is my corner. I have these toys. I'm going to go play with them. And then you'd be surprised what maybe even 10, 15 minutes just by themselves will do and they'll be ready to come return to the group or just be involved. Right. Yeah. I I totally agree. Um, And that solo play I have found uh, also has told me a lot about the older kid, what they choose to do at that time. Um, When I say, this is your time. You get to go do whatever you want. Go bananas. Go crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, As long as you're not hurting yourself or anyone else. That's what I always say. (laughs) You can do whatever you want. It's always good to give parameters. (laughs) Yep. You got to stick with that. That golden rule of just... Don't hurt yourself or anyone else. Um, Great. What is your advice for when one sibling is acting out Uh. constantly and then maybe blaming it on the younger sibling? I have to say, I feel like I am still knee deep in this (laughs) question and still trying to really figure out 
what's working. So to kind of, I feel like that's kind of like a two-parter. So we definitely have had a lot of episodes of acting out and, you know, just doing things that, you know, she knows the old, the eldest child knows are against the rule, knows that are mm-hmm. unacceptable. So I think a couple of things that we've done is just a talking with the parents like these are the behaviors that I'm observing after this or like in response to this what are you seeing at home is it the same or is it different because if they're acting one way with you and one way with the parent then that Mm. can let you know you know that gives a little bit of insight but just taking really a united front I feel Mm -hmm. like with the parents so when she does this this is the consequence explaining it and then maintaining consistent if you say it you have to do it. Right. Uh, so in some ways that has helped nip some things in the bud where she's, you know, seemed like, oh man, like whether I do this with mom or dad, you know, it's no different than if Taryn's home, you know, like, oh, like mom and dad, you know, are going to know. <laughs> right. And I like constantly remind her, like I talk to mom and dad throughout the day. So whatever you're doing, like they know, right. you know, there's no like hiding it. I always tell them. Another thing I found, uh, the oldest is really big into, well, so-and-so did this and -and Mm so-and-so did that. Like really like a lot of the tattling, trying to get the other in trouble. I have noticed some kind of, I see at the corner of the eye, the eldest did something and she blames it on the younger. So definitely explaining the difference between tattling Mm -hmm. and telling. Like what is something, telling is something that I need to know. Someone is hurt. Something is broken. Um, You need my immediate attention. Someone's on fire. You know, there's danger. I need to know that or someone's acting in a dangerous way. Telling is more narrating. Mm -hmm. You're kind of, you didn't like something and they, you know, they did something and you just want to tell me. You're just trying to get them into trouble because it's not something I've seen um so I I know in one classroom they uh, kind of had like a tattling telephone they like made this little telephone booth and when you felt like you needed to tattle you just went into the booth and like talked on the phone and just chit 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 chat chat uh (laughs) we haven't gotten to that point but you know maybe let's do a follow-up in a couple of weeks we might be there that's uh, but- a great idea, too, because uh, one of the families that I have nannied for had a landline phone. And oh, it's fun. I retro. know. <laughs> retro. Um, and it never rang ever because they didn't give out that number to oh, anyone. Wow. Um, but it was there in case emergencies, emergencies. you know, and they also their grandparents were there a lot and grandparents leave cell phones. They're because, not into it. Right. It wasn't their thing. Um, but. That is a really good use, perhaps, of that phone. Yeah, and people have, like, it can really look like anything. People have, like, extra phones lying around. It can be a fake, like, phone that you have. It's just really giving an outlet to, like, get that out, to tell someone to say it. Because that can be very powerful, verbalizing what you're feeling or, like, you know, well, that was wrong or, you know, I feel like that was wrong and, like, I want to tattle or I want to tell, like, that this is going on. Um, But the stance I've kind of taken with the girls is that I cannot and will not break up every single fight between you. You know, there are some that you're going to have to work it out yourself. And if the two of you can't work it out, 
then the toy in question is mine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if there's like yelling and screaming on both ends, if you can't end it peacefully, both of you are getting a timeout. So kind of doing you're all in this together. Yeah. So either you figure great. it out together and you succeed together or if you don't, you fail together. So mm-hmm. I feel like kind of anchoring them to each other and really tying their success or the reward or the toy or the whatever to the other one gives a lot more incentive to, well, let me be honest. Let me let learn to like let things roll off my shoulders, learn to be the bigger person, be the older sibling. We use that buzz phrase a lot like you know can you be the bigger person can you be the older kid like can you forego your turn and let her go first and then you get the next turn Mm -hmm. um I found like some maybe like 50 60 percent success rate (laughs) in that and it's also going to depend on the child and really just kind of playing around with these strategies and see what works for you personally and for your family and for the children that you're nannying. Right. Something that I have found success with, especially with uh, telling the older child this, a lot of times they'll say, I want that toy. And I will say, you are going to probably get that toy a lot more often if you come with a different toy and say, Mm, I would like to play with this toy. Would you want to play with this toy instead? Or something like that. Giving an option. Oh, yeah. yeah. Instead of like, hey, I want this. And then you can have nothing. Exactly. That's not an attractive choice. (laughs) Right. And so I'll and and I I've told the younger sibling that, but he's a little too young to grasp it. But getting there. He's getting there. Um but Yes, just I always say like if you were asked to give up a toy with nothing in return, would you do that? And they're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, exactly. So bring a toy and and even think about what does your younger brother go to more often? Oh, yeah. Like coming with the guitar that he loves playing with is going to give you a higher success rate. Of, oh, ab- absolutely. Of getting whatever toy you That's want. That's a great strategy. Yeah. I've, I've found a lot of success with that. Um, as for you, you mentioned like it, as it escalates sometimes um, violence between Oy. siblings, which I really actually haven't ever experienced that. So the the youngest has gone through, um, I wouldn't call it a biting phase because I think it, you know, all toddlers are curious. They don't quite understand like pressure, pain, like these are my teeth. These really hurt, you know, because they've never really experienced being bitten. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think some of what we were experiencing was because the oldest was being really dramatic or like kind of laughing along with it and then coming to me like, oh, Taryn, she bit me. You know, you would think I had to perform surgery on her arm the way she was acting. So I think it again just comes to consistency and just, I hate to say like a zero tolerance policy but once it escalates quit like they need to be removed apart the child in question like needs to calm down Mm -hmm. and then you can have a conversation on these are the reasons why that was inappropriate these are the reasons why you have had to be taken out and I mean really just I feel like staying 
consistent. Like if, you know, if you say like, if you bite one more time or if you kick one more time, you have to give that consequence and really follow through, even if that's not the most convenient thing for you, for your day, for just your ease for, you know, because you, you have to deliver on your promise. And so that they don't keep upping the ante and seeing yes. like how far that they can push you. So I really think if you nip things like that in the bud and nip them early and if it does escalate like kind of coming to I hate to say coming down swiftly but just having a concrete clear consequence and having a conversation of why that was inappropriate and putting themselves in the other shoes but yeah, yeah, you know, some days are definitely just <laughs> a little bit of a battle. Yes. Some days are better than others. And we have uh, in the nanny group that we play in, one of the nannies, I remember we were all really proud of him, a manny who oh, yes. who said, like, if this happens one more time, and it was it was stealing a toy, I think. Yes. Um, if this happens one more time, we are leaving. And he stuck with it and did it. And I know that he saw some change in behavior because oh, yeah. you stuck with that. I've it's I've only had to do it a couple of times and oh boy, like once we went somewhere and we hadn't even been there for that long, you know, and you you have all your bags and the stroller and all of this I and know. you know and then they push you and so those are the times when it's really important to stay strong, stick consistently and stick to what you said. Words are powerful. Words have meaning. Um, and you have to you have to stick to your word. And so although it may not be convenient and it can be a total pain because you're like, I just carried all of this. <laughs> now I have to log like two back in the car. It sends a very, very light, powerful, serious, message. serious and powerful message. I agree. And showing them that you are true to your word, I think, also oh, sends yeah. a powerful message about the bond between you and the child of if I say something, it is going to happen good or bad. So true. So that when you do say, if you do this, you get a reward, they know that you will also honor that. Oh, yeah. Um, wonderful. Um, great. How And you might not have experienced this. I actually haven't experienced this. But what if you are working for a family that clearly favors one oh, child? That, I have not had this experience. That just sounds really unpleasant and can probably put the nanny in a very uncomfortable position. Um, I think my suggestions would be to definitely speak to the parents Mm -hmm. privately about it and just say, Hey, like, I don't know if you notice, but you know, if it's like maybe they're not getting the same punishment for a situation, not getting the same praise for like a success um, or doing something. Sometimes parents may not even realize like, oh my gosh, I'm being, I'm being unfair. Like I'm, you know, I'm not treating them equally sometimes just like verbalizing it and pointing it out. They have so much going on. And like when they get home, you know, it's five, six, seven. I mean, they're really just trying to keep the peace and survive for the (laughs) night. So they may not be like mentally taking notes. They may just not even know. So that would be, my first piece of advice, um, and if that doesn't work, then I mean, just having conversations with always treating the children as equally as you possibly yes. can. But I do have to say the one thing um, I always 
say to my kids, any kids I work with, that fair is not always the same. Yes. Fair does not always look the same because we are different people. People need different things. But, you know, if you have always like had a history of like being very fair with them, if they're in situations where, you know, like, well, that's not fair. That doesn't look right. You know, fair doesn't always look the the same. same. Right. That's I think that's a very important distinction to make with children from very young. I agree. And I think that helps them be better citizens of the world. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. And one thing that I have observed before, um, not in a family that I nannied for, if any of my families are listening, but in the world is um, differences based on gender that children are treated differently. The boy is held to different, higher standards than the girl, which is unfair to both of them. Mm -hmm. And that is an example of where that fair doesn't look the same, but that's also just not fair. Of That one is so hard because I feel like gender norms gender you know stereotypes gender roles are can often very deeply be rooted in culture in religion and you don't want to step on any toes or offend anyone that can be a really kind of hard one to navigate to like get through and I think maybe definitely communicating like I think communication not the key to everything but I mean it's a big but it's definitely like the first stepping stone if you can say like hey like I noticed that you do this for Johnny but not for Betsy you know maybe the parent can support well in this household or like in our religion like this is what we believe this is what we do and I mean you can even counter with things that you know um you will meet different communities. You will be Mm -hmm. a participant, a citizen, if you will, of different communities. And you can even say like, well, would you mind like when I am with them that we do things equally? You can kind of navigate the situation from there. But I think just definitely having a general awareness, being willing to conversate and come from a place of respect. Yes, I completely agree. And that is, that is a, an issue that I do think is really between you and the parents. Absolutely. Much more than you and oh, the children. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. Um, Definitely a conversation you want to have with alone with the parents or maybe over the phone through an email, not with the children. You know, because the ch- the children, they might be aware, but maybe they're not aware because, again, like it's something rooted, uh, rooted in their religion or their culture. So they're, you know, it's normal for them and they don't need you to point something out that, you know, that is their norm, that is part right. of their culture. So, you know, definitely, like you said, keep that conversation with the parents. Great point. How about siblings that are fine most of the time, like when they are individually at home, they're fine. But if you take them to a play date, especially a play date where one of them has a really close friend and the other mm. one might not be as close with the sibling that's supposed to be, you know, kind of <laughs> also playing for them, um, where or if it's a play date where there isn't a younger sibling. And so mm. then it's, you know, two older siblings that are running off playing together at their level. I've definitely run into that. So I think one of the best strategies I've or I've encountered with that is helping, whether it's too older with a younger or too younger with an older, helping them see 
a place where the other can fit Mm -hmm. into their game because sometimes you know they get so caught up and let's do this let's do that that they're just they're not even really thinking about the other people that are there but if you point out to them like hey so-and-so would like to play, but you're playing on a part of the jungle gym that, you know, that's that's a little too big for them. Can we play just a running game or can we play on this part of the playground? You know, just kind right. of helping them see the little windows or the ways that the other, the excluded sibling can be involved. I have found some success with doing that strategy. Yeah, I've also, um, something that I've run up against is the one of the siblings is playing a game where they make the other sibling a bad guy um, and so they're like we're gonna catch him and put him in jail <laughs> and just reframing that for them oh of, yeah let's pick a game that it's not you against your sibling let's yeah. pick a game where it's you against something made up or or I'll be the bad guy for you oh, guys oh yeah um, definitely putting them on the united front or yes. you know, having them some like be on the same team, same side. That's a really, really great point because that is isolating. It is. And, and probably not fun for the <laughs> odd one out. Yeah. And the odd one out often doesn't have the language to say, no, I don't want to be the bad guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're they're not old enough yet to to make those feelings known, but they clearly don't want to be and they also can't run as fast so it's like they get caught every time (laughs) I feel awful for them (laughs) so I'm like oh you just spent your whole playtime in jail no I've never let it get the whole playtime it's gone on for like five minutes (laughs) once they get caught once and put in jail done um I don't let them go to jail very often poor odd one out I know (laughs) poor little guy um wonderful so I have these two siblings that they sometimes fight between each other but their bond is so strong that if even if one of them does something that is against the rules the older sibling will like stick up for the younger sibling in such a protective way she'll be like no you can't send her to time out it wasn't her fault oh boy so (laughs) so that's a very interesting situation I mean like that is great that they have a bond like that you know that they're thick as thieves because that will be needed later in life sticking up for one another so of course you don't want to diminish the importance of that relationship. Uh, But maybe what, I mean, maybe directly after whatever the incident, whatever has happened is just separating them. Yes. Immediately saying, you know, before like anyone starts saying you're in trouble for this, this blah, 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 whatever, just set, you know, this happened. So you're going to wait in this room and you are going to wait in this room. And I am going to talk to X first and why you need to wait in this room. If you don't wait until I'm done, then like, you know, the consequence right. is going to be increased. And then I think just talking to them separately so the other can't influence the other's thoughts or like kind of chime in. That's definitely a big thing that we work on with the older sibling is, you know, because sometimes if you are like doling out a punishment or consequence, it doesn't even have to be to her own sibling. She'll just kind of be like, yeah, and that's not what you're supposed to, you know, in either direction and just kind of, you know, I have like really told her like, hey, like 
I got this. I'm the adult. I do not need you to chime in. You are not in charge of anyone. You are not giving out punishments. You are not giving out rewards. You are just you in your world. And that is what you're responsible for. And so I think definitely separating them can like literally physically so they cannot see each other. Like I want to say an out of sight, out of mind thing, but they'll probably be less likely to chime in or stick up for the other you know like lay their body across as <laughs> sacrifice for the other you know yeah. if they can't really see each other or if you're able to have like a private one-on-one conversation which is what I have found success with um not necessarily separating them right away but saying like okay I'm gonna talk to this child now and you need to go find an activity oh yeah to do um especially if it is one sibling that I need to talk to if one sibling did something not against the other sibling but just did something that is against the rules oh yeah um so that is something that I have found success with but I just wanted to bring it up because it's such a strange (laughs) and it wasn't one of the twins because I would kind of figure that maybe for twins that twin bond but it was it's they're about two years apart and one of them just she's such a good big sister I mean again like ownership something to be proud of to really like do a great job of I do have to say the two that I nanny for they do a great job of introducing the other this is my sister my sister so and so like I mean really to anyone and to new friends if one is kind of more timid the other like kind of tugs on the other they always give like really great introductions and if you meet one you know about the other whether yes. they are present or not and I think that's like that's something so wonderful that, that I love about is, the two of them that is and uh with a couple of boys that I nanny for um one of them now they both walk into school together um and before the parent or the nanny would walk the younger one in and so now the younger one when I pick him up will sometimes say I hold my brother's hand on the way to school. <laughs> it's just, just adorable. The I, I love seeing really positive sibling relationships because, you know, I have two older brothers and, you know, like we are thick as thieves. I'm very, very close to my brothers and my brothers are 29, 32. And mm-hmm. we've really kept a really tight bond into adulthood. And that can be something really special. But it's something that started when we were very young. I remember my parents even, they took a sibling rivalry class. Oh, like it really? was offered at like the hospital or, or something. You know, when mm-hmm. my um, middle brother was born, um, he definitely like had a real hard time when I came around, (laughs) my poor parents. But, you know, it ended up working out because, you know, to this day, you know, 20-something years later, we're very, very close. So definitely good on your parents. Laying the groundwork definitely pays off. Living proof. (laughs) That's wonderful. Wonderful advice. Taryn has brought us a beautiful story, (laughs) a really adorable story. There is never a dull moment in my (laughs) life or in my car for that matter. So like I said, I nanny two girls and we spend a lot of time in the car and I, I do have like a musical background, a theater background, so I love to play different genres of music, and we all know that little kids love the word booty. And at <laughs> yes. one point, I had told them about this song, Casey and the Sunshine Band, you know, shake, 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 shake your booty. So they love that song. So one day, we're on the way to the oldest school, and I put that song on, and the youngest goes, Taryn, 
can't shake my booty. And I'm like, well, why can't you shake your booty? I in car, can't shake my booty. I shake my booty at home. And so, you know, I'm like cracking up in the front seat. And I'm like, you can shake your booty in the car. No, can't shake booty. I in car, shake booty at home. And that's exactly what she did when she got home. Oh, they are just so funny so and just so cute. and she literally talks exactly like that yes. it is yes, she so does. comical it's so funny <laughs> that's she's adorable. the adorable well thank you so much for coming oh and being thanks on the so podcast. much for having me i love talking about this stuff awesome all right well and Thank you all for listening. Um, Please feel free. We do want to start having um, stories from audience members, from our listeners, as those stories at the end. I would love to start sharing some of your all's stories. So if you have a story, if you listen to those stories and you're like, oh my gosh, my kid said the funniest thing the other day that I nanny for, um, please email those in to chroniclesofnannia at gmail.com and I will read them on the podcast. I will never share the child's name. Please don't even include the child's name. The age is helpful. Um, and then if you would like your name read, please feel free to include your name in that email um you can also share those on our facebook group the chronicles of nannia you'll find us if you just type that into facebook or on instagram or on twitter all of which are found at chronicles of nannia um so please feel free to share those stories i would love to start having some stories from listeners because this is a community that we're building of nannies and I, I want to extend it past just Chicago. So wonderful. Thank you so much for listening. The Chronicles of Nanny is produced by Martha Reddick and Logan Nielsen. Artwork and logo by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nanya and on Twitter at Nanya Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.